Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, our little gift to you podcast subscribers. This week, we meet a woman whose son is going through transition to become a girl. She talks about what it's been like for the family, what they've all learned, and how other parents can reach out and get support. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Coming up next, we've got an amazing woman, Sarah Toms. Not her real name, but we're talking to Sarah Toms, whose 12-year-old son, Charlie, uh, wants to start transitioning to become a girl. She is going to be talking to us about how the experience affected her and her family and um, just what she would tell other parents going through the same thing. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. And so tell us, um, I guess, tell us a little bit about... Charlie's story and how the moment when you first realised that this was happening for him. I think probably like it was very common for most parents. You know, you're, you're bumbling along, living your life, and mm. transgender isn't something that's on your horizon. Um, particularly where we live, it. I mean, it, it's really not on our horizon at all. Nothing that we've thought about. Um, and one day, uh, his father said to me, they'd been talking about um, why he was unhappy playing tennis and he's unha- he was unhappy doing all sorts of things that were particularly um male oriented you know never interested in football that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and he gave us a reason that he was a girl and my husband mentioned that to me and we thought mm, okay <laughs> and then three weeks later um we were at the grandparents house um on holiday and he drew a snapchat picture of himself with makeup on and wrote, I am a girl on it, and showed it to me in a quite a confidential way. Mm. And I thought, mm, okay. <laughs> um, and, and I guess, you know, we, as parents, we got our heads together and thought, what, what, you know, what do we do about this? And we were worried that he perhaps thought that boys were not nice because he, he struggled socially yeah. uh, with boys. So I tried to have a little pet talk with him about, you know, boys can be nice and boys can be gentle. And um, and he said, oh, OK, Mummy, that's fine. And there was something about that that just made me feel really uncomfortable. And then over the next six months, it, it, this, this issue kept cropping up. Um, and in that period, we, we reached a point where he was 
really getting quite distressed and saying, you know, I am a girl and you can't help me. There's nothing you can do about oh, it. Yeah. And at that point, we felt we, we needed help. <laughs> and it, it wasn't, sorry. Did you know who to go to for help? Um, no, not, not mm. really. Um, it was, I felt really confident as a parent. I felt that I was raising my children really well. I felt they were happy. They were uh, bright. They were, they, were, they were doing fantastically. And suddenly I felt completely out of my depth. It, was, it, was, yeah. it wasn't something that I was expecting at all. Um, I was expecting, in a quite low-key way, that my son might be gay. Yeah. That had crossed my mind. But I wasn't expecting that. So, no, it was a real kind of shock. Um, and it was a big shock for my daughter as well, who was only 11 at the time. Massive shock for her. I have to say, though, Sarah, it, it says a lot about you as parents that your son did feel as though he could come and talk to you and, you know, talk to mm. his dad. Because a lot of the times, young boys, young girls, they don't feel as though they can speak to their parents or anybody that's close to them out of fear. And it takes them years before they can actually open up and and be honest about who they are. So that does well, say a lot about you as parents. I, I believe that in that first conversation where I tried to talk to him about boys being good and, and, and because he'd always struggled with boys, particularly boisterous boys, and he almost clammed up on me. And um, at one point he said, OK, Mummy, I'll be a boy. And it was mm. so pat that it really, really worried me. And through my work, I, I come across child psychologists quite a lot. And I, I was just really, really troubled by the fact that he'd almost, he'd almost shut me up. And I, I think for me, I think, you know, people are talking about this explosion of, of trans children. And for me, that was the, a crystal clear moment where I could have shut this down. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, I almost did shut it down. And it was that quick and that easy. You know, mummy doesn't want me to be a girl. Fine, I'm not a girl. And that could have driven it underground. And you see so many trans adults where this pops out in adulthood. And I think it's so easy for us to shut down, mm. uh, whether it's a gay child historically. I think gay, gay people are much more accepted in society. It's easier for them. But it's not easy for gay people to come out. <laughs> not mm. always easy for them. Even now, I think it's easier, but it's not necessarily easy. For a trans person, there's such a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the population Mm. Um, it's really a burgeoning confidence for that population. And I think you could easily shut a child down and that would go away because of all the social um, approbation. And children are very, they're litmus papers. They pick up on what they can and what they shouldn't say. You know, why yeah. do gay children, historically, why do gay children not tell their parents often that they're gay? It's because mm. children know. They know that they shouldn't say these things because it might upset people. Um, for you, what did you do then when you realised that you needed help? What was the next step? Um, I spoke to a child psychologist that I really respected and I knew mm. professionally. And she then said, whoa, this is right out of my league. <laughs> um, but there is this organisation called the Tavistock and Portman. And I think that you're, you're right to be concerned. You're right to have intuited that you shut down that conversation. Um, and I think you should be asking someone to refer you to some a specialist service because this is very specialist. Mm. And 
I guess some people would say, well, you, your son is 12 and we all change a lot as we grow up and it's not something you should be thinking about now. What would you say to them? Well, that conversation, those conversations took place in March 2015. Mm. Um, by six months after that, um, he was socially transitioned at home, dressing as a girl the whole time, and was saying he wanted to transition at school. And then in November 15, he suddenly did a complete vault fast and said, uh, uh, no, no, I, I don't want to. And when we asked him why, he said, I'm, I'm really scared, I'm scared I'm going to lose my friends. Mm. And at that point, he said, he used to talk in terms of, I'm a 100% girl, or, you know, how are you feeling today, 100% girl? And it was very low-key. Um, at that point, he said, no, I, I'm 50-50. I'm so mm. we spent the next two and a half, three years living with 50-50 person. Um, quite happily, again, just going along quite quietly. The gender issue was always there. You, you knew it was there, but we didn't we didn't talk about it a great deal. Um, it, any discussion was much, very much led by him. Um, and I think what we were doing is waiting and seeing, which I'm sure most parents do. Yeah. You know, just watching, accepting, loving. Um, school were on board. School knew. So there were things like um, when he transitioned to secondary school, he had a toilet pass so that if he wanted to use a gender-neutral toilet, he could, and that was his choice. Um, But even though he was gender-questioning, school were really empathetic to that situation. Um, And we just waited. Um, And then as last summer approached and he was transitioning to secondary school, he started to show disgust in other teenagers, poor teenagers, teenage <laughs> boys in particular. You know, he'd come home and say, I was stood next to this really ugly boy today in the queue. <laughs> and I said, what was ugly about him? Oh, my God, you said, have seen his jaw. His jaw was really jutty and he had this horrible lump in his throat. And Or it would be um, um, horror at deep voices. And yeah. he had a lovely high voice and loved singing. Um, not that he sings in any, in any kind of choir or anything like that but just a really lovely voice and he's always singing and just horror at any slight change in the intonation of his voice Mm. um hair growth i mean i swear he knows every single hair on his body charts them (laughs) 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 and yeah really just not happy about these changes which you know i've heard said Many children, many children are worried about puberty. Yeah. And, yeah, I get that. I do get that. Of course, many children are worried about puberty. But I think if you're a parent of a child with, um, I can't say gender dysphoria because he hasn't got a diagnosis at the moment, yeah. but if, you, if, you're, if you're a parent of a child with these issues, you know something's different. You know there's something quite consistent about what yeah. they're saying. And um, what would you advise other parents who potentially are going through something similar or have noticed some of these behaviours in their children, what would you tell them? I think it's very important not to move too fast. I think it's very important to be very um, accepting and loving. We always tell our child that we love him, her, whoever he or she is or will be. Um, We're always really clear about that. 
and that we mm. will support him in whatever journey he takes. Um, and that's sexual, <laughs> that's gender, whichever journey. We've, we've obviously found out quite a lot around um, the subject, read up about it. We live in a quite an isolated area, so we don't have a lot of um, or any <laughs> real contact much yeah. with other families in that situation. So we can't sort of send him out to play with other trans kids or things like that. But um, there is a LGBT group at his school, and tentatively he's he's going to join that group. I think he went to the last meeting, and we support him with those kind of initiatives. Um, we're just there for him, really. Um, it's led us to have a much more open relationship as a family. We talk about um, sexual things in a lot, a lot more yeah. open way, I think, than we would have done before. So... Yeah, I think uh, we weren't that conservative, but, yeah, it, it's made us a much more open family. I think it's it's been an experience that's been for the better for us as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last school he was in, the primary school he was in, they had some LGP training in. And when we left that school, because he was our youngest, mm-hmm. um, the Senko there said that the experience of having him had just been 100% positive for the school. They had absolutely loved having him there because they they had so much training and the school embraced it. Uh, And although he was in stealth, so other families wouldn't necessarily have known, I think they knew that there was a reason for them. They had a new building, for example, in the older school. They put in unisex toilets, and that was around him. Um, Just little things. Um, But their whole attitude towards him was, was great. And I think if you... If you can work in partnership with schools and if you can work cooperatively with professionals, and it's hard, it's very mm. hard not to be very defensive because it feels yeah. like there's a lot of... It, it feels, I think, that there is a lot of... I don't want to use the word transphobia, but there's a lot of... There's a battle to be fought sometimes. Yeah. You feel that social approbation, um, and I've experienced um, a little of that. Um, within my own family, very briefly, um, certainly experienced weird questions from people who've, who've found out about it. But generally, broadly, I'd say most people are quite supportive. I mean, Sarah, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job as his mum, and thank you so much for chatting to us about it and just, I think, really giving a point of view that feels so calm and thoughtful in the face of this debate which is often so frantic so thank you so much for joining us and best of luck to you and all your family thank you Um, very much thank you fantastic sarah tom's there i hope if you're listening and you're in that situation that she's given you some wisdom and advice one two three four this has been the badass women's hour podcast with me harriet minter natalie campbell and ms sexton if you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details